looks like it. Umahasa, Yoka. Hello there. Welcome to the Cannon Cantina, presented by the Geek Out Show Network. So, we want it, Vin. I have the death sentence on 12 systems. Suddenly, the scar. Jedi business, go back to your drinks. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Cannon Cantina. This is episode 38. I am your host into the new year. 2022 is our first episode. Jay Rue, as always, and with me, as always, is my trusty co-pilot and good buddy, Heath. Heath, what's going on, man? Man, working through some frustrations and getting it started. How you doing? We, dude, we had a little bit of a, we had a little bit of a technical, uh, dispute going on here. I'm ready to throw our computers out the windows, man, but I think we finally got it figured out. Uh, No echo this time, but we will, uh. We'll address the audio issues as they come, man. How's, how's everything going with you, dude? All things considered. Man, all things are going great. I uh, did something to my back the other day. So last night when I got off work, I had to get an emergency Oof. appointment with my chiropractor, and he uh, he worked me out good. But other than that, man, not a whole lot. It's crazy this week. Yeah, how was your New Year's, man? Did you guys have a good New Year's Eve? Oh, yeah, man, it was great. I think I was asleep by about 930. Um, Love it. So, yeah, woke up nice and early, got a little workout out out in New Year's Day, and then me and the wife headed up to Dallas to see uh, Jersey Boys. So, you know, big girls nice. don't cry. How was that? Uh, really good, really good. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, for a live action, it's great. If you guys have the chance, you know, Clint Eastwood directed the, uh, the movie a couple years ago, and that's really good. I, I like Frank Valley and The Four Seasons. My dad just really likes that, those old songs, so yeah, I already had a connection to the music. I was just, you know, more interested in knowing if anybody can get close to Frank Valley's highs. Is that was that the first time uh, you and your wife seeing the stage show? Um, this one. I mean, we are uh, ticket holders for the Dallas uh, Music Center or Music Theater, so mm-hmm. I mean, we saw Hamilton. We. Um, We've seen Dear Evan Hansen, the Book of Mormon as members, and then, you know, things went south with COVID. So this is our first reschedule, and then um, we've got rent coming up and something nice. else. Oh, I think we're going to see Oklahoma this summer. Okay, but this is your first time seeing Jersey Boys? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Awesome. You guys liked it then. Mm-hmm. But like I said, cool, if, man. if you have no interest in going to the theater to actually see like the live play of it, the Clint Eastwood movie is awesome. And of course, I mean, last Saturday when we left out, I was making jokes from the other guys when it's like, how was Jersey Boys? It wasn't great. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I saw you post that. I was like, yeah, that's pretty fucking funny. I, 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 I'm sure he was driving his wife nuts saying that the whole way there. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. We just kept making jokes. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you guys had a uh, fun and safe new year and, and getting things started off to the right foot. Um, like we said, we've kind of, we've kind of been struggling with some audio issues for the last hour. So Heath and I have already been, been catching up, uh, nothing, nothing new with me, man. Same old, same old wheels spinning, burning the candle at both ends. Um, other than getting a new episode of book of Boba Fett, I haven't even really gotten any star Wars stuff. Uh, I've been managing my pre-order list lately. I think I sent you a picture of my excel sheet it's insane it's ridiculous like i can yeah. tell you what figures i'm getting all year long 
Um, but I think I'm going to have to change my stance on ordering, man. Like pre-orders are just, I'm going to order by the case moving forward on all the lines, get rid of the extras, get rid of the ones I don't want at a lower than, than retail cost. I don't care. It's, it's way easier to track a case of pre-orders than eight figures ordered separately. Yeah. Plus not to mention, it seems here lately, everybody is shipping cases out before they, you know, they get that first wave in, they ship those cases. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, that second order is when they start doing the solos. Yeah. And it's funny you say that. Like I even got a little notification from Has the Hasbro Pulse app, like, Hey, for Pulse premium members, the new star Wars, uh, black series wave is entirely in stock. You can order it and, and the Fennec Shand wave. So I was like, okay, cool. And I kind of messed up. I didn't do what I usually do, which is grab the two or three figure, you know, the two figures that I know were going to sell out Boba Fett and Fennec yeah. and then go back and try to get the rest. I loaded my card up. So I had to go through eight different times. By the time I got checked out, Fennec was sold out. I had to reset my cart. Then Boba was sold out. Then the trooper was sold out. Then uh bid fortuna was sold out then mayfield i was like this is dumb this i'm going to order cases moving forward so the ones you really wanted were the first to go and then by the time you mm -hmm. were refreshing the ones you didn't really you weren't excited about were gone yeah the the ones i ended up getting were bid fortuna and mayfield oh so the one that you'd already said you could pass on until it hit clearance and you know your least yeah. favorite star wars character maybe yeah yeah, I've got a new appreciation for Bib, just some of the storytelling going on in Book of Boba Fett. But did you get anything? Did you get any Star Wars stuff this week? I did. And this is a weird one. I generally would not pick this up, but. Oh, dude, that's really cool. Yeah, I got the uh, big ass Grogu uh, Star Wars uh, Lego set. Um, so going to be playing with that. And something I've had off in the closet, I haven't touched and I couldn't tell you when. Um, but with the, uh, Mando Monday, which has now been moved over to Boba Fett, um, I got this guy out. I had him nice. in the box just because I cared, but I'm like, eh, I'm not going to buy this one. I'm not pre-ordering it because I already have like the old one and I'd spent yeah. a lot of money on that one just because of the time it came out. So I pulled him out of the package and I'm about to load him up on the shelf over here. Nice. So, um, that's the, the proto Fett. Oh yeah. Sorry. I, you know, we're audio, but this is a, you know, yeah, you, know, you and I are video. <laughs> yeah. No, now, that's cool, dude. That that's a cool figure. That was one of the few that I was able to snag off the shelf, like at a Walgreens when I first started collecting. Nice. And I had probably walked by a dozen of them, you know, and mm -hmm. knowing what I know now, I would have snagged them. But um, I guess we can kind of move along to some announcements. They reannounced the Proto Fet in empire strikes back uh box which i thought that was kind of a weird choice yeah um for them to I put mean, it in that line yeah it's really weird um but it for that first mando book of boba fett monday i feel like it's kind of like okay re-release not not yeah. even a repaint just a straight re-release in a new box yeah, and with two episodes of Book of Boba Fett, I always go back to that episode of The Mandalorian when we first see the heavy, heavy gunner Mando, mm -hmm. and how the re the release for that figure was perfect. Like I think yes. that day that the episode came out, you could pre-order it at Best Buy, and mm -hmm. like that's how character debut figures should be. 
Um, yes. And with these last two episodes, I'm surprised we don't already have like a fucking wave. I mean, yeah. at this point, we're throne room Boba Fett. What next summer? Next winter? Uh, I think. No, uh, if I remember correctly, it might have changed by now, but it was uh, December. Yeah, so a year on Amazon. From now. But yeah, dude, it's just, and, and even with that, I'm going over my pre-order list. I'm not expecting figures until March, and then all of a sudden, I'm getting these texts that are. Hey, ABC figure is here sooner than expected. We're going to ship it to you. So I think that March placeholder and the December placeholders, those are all really generic. I think we're going to get these things a little earlier. But back to my main point, we should have, there's lots of characters, especially in the second episode, we should have been getting announced already. Well, we can get into that kind of like as we're talking about the episode, because I think, yeah. but like just right off the bat, um, the Tuscan Warrior that we saw in episode yeah. one, and we got a lot more on this one. Um, yes, please. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, this past Tuesday, you shot me a text reminding me of something uh, without getting too far into it. How are you feeling about the latest installment in the High Republic? Yeah, so wave three of phase one. This is going to conclude phase one of the three phases, I know it's a lot to keep up with uh, for those of you keeping score at home. The the Fallen Star, the Claudia Gray novel, it's the third pillar novel in this in this series came out. Mm -hmm. um, so I did get something Star Wars, I guess. I got that novel. I'm on chapter 15, um, so maybe a little over a third of the way through the book. Yeah, I believe so. Um, and it's low end in the beginning. Um but I'm just getting to the point where, like, I mean, mild spoilers here, but we already kind of know what's happening. There's an assault on Starlight Beacon. So I'm just getting to the assault, the, the initial phase of the assault on Starlight Beacon. Um, I like it. It's Claudia Gray. Claudia Gray has is very dialogue heavy. Yes. I can appreciate it. I'm sure you, you being a Tarantino fan, you could really appreciate as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh Plus, you know, being a Kevin Smith fan, you know how that's so yeah. dialogue heavy. Um, but yeah, I'm about chapter twelve, and I, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, a little slow, but uh, that that pr um, prologue part is awesome. Very good. It, so it starts Very off good. on a high note, kind of lulls down, but yeah, I'm definitely we're building tension and getting getting into it. And if. Uh the record shows anything about the high Republic. Like it's, it's like star Wars walking dead. Nobody's safe. Like every character is, is yes. no character is off limits. Probably Yoda. Yoda's probably the only character that's off limits. Yeah. Because we know he's got to live into right. for another couple hundred years. Right. Exactly. But um, yeah, dude, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I also got the, the middle reader novel. Um, oh, nice. name, it's another, uh, um, Vern and uh, Wreath Silas is mm -hmm. it Silas? Yeah, it's yeah. another another story based on them, and this one is uh, Justina Ireland, I believe. Okay. Uh, the name the name escapes me, but I'll, I'll, I'll it'll come to me in just a second. Yeah. But looking forward to that uh, mission to mission to disaster. Mm. Yes, sir. Makes Which sense. I um you know I downloaded the first one on accident, not realizing. Um, but I really like Vern as a character. I think that the, uh, 
the development of her as one of the youngest Jedi's in a long time, plus her already taking on her own Padawan is really cool. We've seen them pop up in the High Republic mm-hmm. comics. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to be on that one after I finish up um, this first one. But I'd like to do, start with the mains. That way I've got that base in of the story arc. Yeah, and that's one thing about the High Republic. Um, and I actually was having a conversation with, I don't know if you if you follow him on Instagram, Josh Pence Hunts. He's a YouTuber. Um, I, I haven't been listening or watching him a lot lately, but he's just getting into the High Republic. And I kind of sent him a message like, hey, High Republic's great. He bought the three, uh, you know, the three pillar novels. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, a lot of the story feeds off of each other, though. Like, yes. it's just something you need to need to know because like even in this book a lot of the characters and and things that have already happened are stuff from the middle readers the comics um some of the short stories in star wars insider magazine like they all are and that's one thing i really enjoy about the high republic and i know we've gone on and on about it but yeah well um, i mean like you're saying um oh what's the uh the buddy cop part of the uh high republic comics but uh, still, in uh, GS, trial of, trial of shadow trail yeah. of shadows. Yeah, yeah. There's already been mentions in that too. Uh, mm-hmm. A little song that Stellan's had stuck in his head. So, um, I'm, it, it does. And like reading the comics helps, like just give you that little bit more extra. So, without really commenting on this book in general, I'm still just blown away by the effort and the work that all these authors have done For sure. by making one story that just gives everything else its nice little pieces. So hats off to that team. Absolutely. Yeah, the cohesiveness is really great. And like adding weight to characters, um, you know, and even just little characters, the Blade of Bardona, he's yes. he's had his own comic, you know, one shot and story here and story there. And, and, and it just adds weight to these characters and the, the character development's great. So mm-hmm. really enjoying it. Um, there's a lot of High Republic to come, man, if this is just phase one. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have no clue what's going on in the trailer for that game. We just see the drumming mm-hmm. and the, the you know, humanoid shape coming out of that ooze. Um, you know, we see some lightsaber duels off in the distance, and we know, really, there's no Sith in the High Republic. So yeah. are, are we seeing a turn to the dark side? Is somebody not supposed to have one of those lightsabers? Like that trailer gave me more questions than answers. So for sure, super excited, and that's what a good teaser trailer should do. Absolutely, and I think uh, maybe we got about five more weeks of Book of Boba Fett. Maybe after that, we can we can discuss the novel at length because it just Absolutely. came out a couple of days ago. We don't want to spoil it, you know, if anyone's at home waiting to read it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Book of Boba Fett episode two. Let's spoil it. Yeah, we're going to spoil the hell out of it. So if you haven't watched it yet, I don't know what rock you're living under. Go watch it. But um, Heath, what's your initial thoughts, dude, on episode two? Okay, so last week I told you I really enjoyed the first episode. And if I really enjoyed that one, I effing love this one. This is amazing. Again, this is not what I thought we were going to be seeing, but it is fantastic. Yourself? Uh, Yeah. I'm probably, I think the general consensus with the the Star Wars fandom is like, this is what I was expecting in the book of Boba Fett. Um, And and I have to agree with that. Like from the beginning, the present, present day stuff, 
um, mm -hmm. to the flashbacks. Like that's the kind of stuff I wanted to see. I wanted to see family turmoils. I wanted to see how he got from Sarlacc pit to nomad. You know, th that's the kind of stuff I wanted to see. And those are the answers we got here. Um, and just, there's a lot of beautiful, beautiful uh, cinematography here too, man. Yes. Like it, you could tell they pull inspiration from like, I've seen uh, comparisons with Ralph McQuarrie. Like they even, they went that far back to look at Ralph McQuarrie stuff. Mm -hmm. um, obviously with, uh, sorry, um, with like Western movies and even just history, U.S. history, uh, transcontinental railroads, things like that. Like there's a lot, a lot of inspiration here. Yes. So yeah, love love the episode. Um, let's just let's get into the uh, let's get into the meat of the episode. So, um, we're definitely we're in this, uh, and I keep I hate that I keep going back to this reference, but uh, we're in a literal Game of Thrones right now. I mean, if it if it is honestly what works, it's what you you know the best comparison, and um, yeah, we see see so much are going on here but we find out that our initial idea that this was crimson dawn is wrong this is a yeah. assassin of the night wind yeah which sounds like uh sounds like my bedroom in the middle of the night man <laughs> um but uh sorry but um yeah dude it, it, I, I think in crimson dawn we find out more obviously the night wind they they're not allowed to to operate outside hut space um, what did you think of the Rancor pit? Absolutely fantastic. I thought it was a little poetic. Um, the fact that, you know, they drop that assassin in there to get him to talk. They start opening it up. Um, and he spills the beans. It's the mayor. It's the mayor. He sent us and turns out there's no Rancor Rancor. Um, and for those of you who've been following our, us or just toy collecting in general, we all know the Rancor from Hasbro Pulse failed the the crowdfunding campaign so a, a little poetic there i thought that yes. was obviously totally unintentional as this has been filmed a long time ago but uh funny nonetheless um we go to the mayor's office uh, uh i like the lightheartedness of this episode especially in the present day stuff like you know obviously we know boba is fumbling through being the diamo diamo yes right yes um and i gotta say the guy who plays the mayor's major domo i mm. hate him like he's doing his job like i hate bib fortuna yeah i hate this guy probably 10 times worse i think it's even more slimy because you're not having re um you're not having to really like break down like his uh his uh, accent he's so much yeah. more clear and it's just you just get that grubby politician feel off of him 100 like it's just everything he says is canned like it is just so artificial yeah um, it's like an artificial politeness and mm -hmm. i yeah it makes me hate him uh, yeah. i gotta say the guy the receptionist at the mayor's <laughs> office it like gives me like dmv ptsd yes <laughs> uh, he looks so familiar but it looks uh, like I pedro look pascal a little bit that's what yes. i thought it was at first Yes, uh, but uh, I looked up his IMDb page. Really nothing of note. Um, and then uh, meeting the mayor and hearing the voice. Now, we all speculated hearing this voice mm -hmm. in the trailer that Pedro was going to pop up. 
and that uh, is obviously the mayor. Um, did you happen to catch who did the voice acting for the mayor? No, I didn't. No, I couldn't really nail it. Maz Sheik, I know, is his name. Yeah. So according to IMDb, Mr. Robert Rodriguez did the voice work for this one as well. Obviously, clearly, oh, that's cool. um, clearly with some uh, some effects onto it. So that yeah. brings Mr. Rodriguez into two uh, his these first two episodes, and um, definitely a more sincere sounding character. Obviously, yeah. you know we don't know a hundred percent how sincere he is, um, but. I'm leaning towards he did hire the assassins and he's trying to play it cool. This is, I think they're all a part of it, right? Yeah. Like the, the, the power vacuum, there's obviously a lot of players here. Mm -hmm. um, and this is kind of where we get, we get that insight, right? Like he immediately um, has one of his guards kill the assassin because they're oh, not yeah. allowed to operate outside hut space. Um, and I gotta say, the puppetry—I know it's probably a mix of CG and practical—but mm -hmm. the Thorian puppet it looks amazing. Like, and this goes back to what I'm saying—that we should have had this figure announced with mm -hmm. this episode. And yeah. it's not even the only character that, that oh, we should have had announced. Um, but he uh, he puts the blame off onto uh, Jessica Biel's character, so we're going mm -hmm. back to the cantina. And, you know, she's like, oh, you haven't heard? And she's looking nervous, and we get the drums off in the distance. She's definitely shocked to, to see that he's still alive. Yes. Sorry, I almost forgot about that one. So, you know, definitely yeah. almost showing her hand there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we get the drums. She says something about the twins. And going back to episode Did you know one, immediately... Did you know immediately when she says the twins, especially when she's like, well, they're here to, to reclaim their cousin's territory. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we kind of, it, it, uh, they played their hand at being huts right off the bat. So yeah. obviously this was, you know, really cool scenery, you know, all these people having to haul in not one, but two huts. Yeah. And they're just being traditional huts, slimy, disgusting, you know, smoking, uh, their, uh, was it frog uh, hookah, hookah or whatever yeah, it is. Hookah thing, eating yeah. small little creatures, yeah. uh, slobbery, disgusting. I mean, this was a great visual and just, you know, we're starting to see more huts in color or different colors here. You know, Jabba yeah. was our only like live action hut for a while, but you know, we got the, uh, the sister was a uh, purplish pink color, which was good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that you can actually see the platform that everyone's holding, like Boeing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was, and even if you look hard, I've seen it twice now, but if you look hard enough at the people holding it, you can see like one of the guys like kind of like stumbles and his knee buckles and a lot of them showing a lot of strain and anguish. So yeah. I really like that. Um, yeah. The huts, it's good to see huts back in star Wars. Um, and this is more of that game of Thrones thing. I was um, talking about like, this mm -hmm. is another fold. Yes. of the of the power vacuum and bobo's showing like hey man i'm not just a fucking bounty hunter anymore like this is my shit you're gonna have to kill me mm -hmm. <laughs> straight up yeah and i love the fact that he's got his two gamorian or guards there you know yeah. finnick is posted up not looking like she's trigger happy off. yeah i mean <clears throat> um but you know they uh they take the subtle nod of like we're not going to do anything here so we'll go ahead and leave but before they do uh, they've got a little 
hired hand themselves that comes walking yeah. around. And, yeah, and for those of the of us that are like into the comics and, and that kind of storytelling, like you know, you know that meme of Leonardo DiCaprio, like totally did that. Totally. Yeah. Um, um I, so the pronunciation I, I'm not that familiar with because we haven't heard it. That's one thing I hope they say in this. Yes. Is, but black cursantin. That's how I read it. That's how I yeah. read it. Um and for people that don't know, this is a character that was introduced in the Vader comics back in 2014? Yeah, Maybe 14, 15. Yeah. Um, he is a badass Wookiee bounty hunter. Uh, he's yeah. had interactions with Boba before in the past. He knows what he's, he's dealing with here. He's definitely familiar with Black yes. Kersantan or BK. We'll probably refer to him a lot as BK. Yeah, um, the other night when you texted me that, it confused the hell out of me being like yeah, an early 2000 Dan Cook <laughs> fan. I'm like... Why is he talking about the VK Lounge over here? Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, I, I thought that was great. That's a, that's like that's a great character to pull from another medium that not everyone's gonna know, mm -hmm. but looks cool and an instant favorite. Uh, this is another like they should have announced a yes. black chrysanthemum figure right away. But you know, if they're gonna do this correctly and. You know, and that this would be pulled off live action. Hasbro's going to have to give us a brand new mold because he's clearly yeah. bigger than Chewbacca. Yeah, and I mean, even in the comics, him and Chewbacca throw hands, and he he kicks Chewbacca's ass. He kicks yeah. his ass. Um. So yeah, Invader One from 2015. Oh, a little okay. spec, a little spec deck here. That was his first appearance. That book has already skyrocketed. Good. Um, and 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 that character BK, um, more prominent in the Afra series. Uh, especially the first arc you would be more familiar at like yeah so she's an okay character she's not my favorite yeah they team up together which is kind of making me hope like do we get to see afra like I, we have speculated on that a few times um, yeah. i think it's i think it's very possible but um that's pretty much the all the present day stuff we get yes and you know what um, i Starting this series off, I wanted more present day, and I'm actually happy with the present day we've got because the going into the past is where the real you know meat and potatoes of this episode happen and is fantastic. Yeah, that's a lot of the the storytelling and the, uh, just these subtle character things for Boba Fett. Like it, it's you're starting to under peel back the layers of who Boba Fett actually is, man. And, and I really enjoyed that too. So before we get there, we get Boba Fett back in the back to tank, right? Mm -hmm. Something is going on. There was no, there was no conflict here. There's no yeah. reason for him to go back into the back to tank, except maybe because of the effects of the Sarlacc. Right. Yeah. But this is five, six years later at this point. So mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to hang on to my theory that something with the cloning process is affecting him. It's getting hard to dispute it now. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm going to hold on to the wait and see, but I, I'm leaning more towards your, your uh, speculations here on this one. And if we're going to get crazy with the speculating here real quick, I, I think, and I said this in the last episode, this is like his Star Wars cancer, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. And someone we're very familiar with the cloning process would be his sister, Omega. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's how we get the introduction of this character. I, I'm going to hold on to that still. Yeah. Right um, now, I don't think any of our wild speculations have hit, <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to hold on to this one. Well, you know what? I was speculating more bounty hunters. I just wasn't expecting what we got. Yeah, and that's that's really cool. Um, and I you agree know. with you. Hasbro's going to have to give us a new mold because mm-hmm. if they put it on, duh, I'll buy it. But if they put it on the old mold, it's not going to look right. He is a huge bounty hunter with gladiator armor, which I thought it was cool. They even like his origin is he was a gladiator, like mm-hmm. in death pits and stuff. And it kind of shows that they had that history. They fought each other before. Yeah. And they've actually worked together. Yeah. But, you know, um, without remembering any names, if they got us a new mold for uh, BK, that would be able to give us, you know, more um, Revenge of the Sith Wookiees that we saw hanging out with like, Yoda. So it's yeah, not like, like they can't uh, reuse that mold. I can't think of his name right now, but like the Chieftain and stuff like that. Yeah. For some reason, the I chief. wanted to go Barry Aka, or but that's High Republic. Oh, Barry Aka would be cool too, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he seems wonderful we'll from like High the... Republic. Wonderful we'll get High Republic figures. That's on my want list for this year. Yeah. At least something, one character. Avon Chris. Or... Yeah. Avar Avar Chris or uh Markeon Rowe. Like just those two. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> It'd you be know. great. Um, so yeah, uh we get a little back to tank um flashback. We go back to the, the Dune Sea, Boba Fett with the Tuscans. Um, they're just kind of hanging out, doing some training with the with the Tuscan Warrior. I think, which is like the official name of that character at this point, mm-hmm. Tuscan Warrior. Um, That's how it's listed on IMDb. And you pointed out the actress who plays that character. Um, I don't have it off the top of my head. Neither do I, but I've got it pulled up right here. And that character or that actress's name, Joanna Benedict or Bennett. Uh, Joanna Bennett. Yeah. Yeah. Which and, she's been Wonder Woman, Captain Marvel, like and she was in Aquaman. Much, yeah. Pretty much she's, any superhero movie she's been a stunt uh double for. Yeah. And I found an image of her. I mean, she is the Captain Marvel stunt double. Like they had her yeah. hair pulled back. Uh yeah. it definitely for that in game look. So Yeah. And um what a what a cool character, man. Now, you had kind of pointed out that that character could be female. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to tell with all the Tuscan robes, but I'm uh, Star Wars is good for strong female characters, and this is just another one. And as of right now, that character isn't necessarily female; it's just being portrayed by a female actor for by an true. actress. True, true. Um, you can't tell, you know. Yeah, but that character is badass. Yes, and we get yes. to see some of that badassery uh, here in this episode. So. That the the Tuscan warrior is training Boba, and um, all of a sudden you you hear this something off in the distance, and it's mm-hmm. a train. Yeah, that's running across the Dune Sea, and then they just start open fire on the Tuscans, which a lot of people are saying is a callback to the Transcontinental Railroad, the beginning of that, mm-hmm. um, and how they would just shoot bison or tribesmen or just or you know indigenous people. Um, so uh, kind of the same thing. Yeah, at first I was actually kind of surprised because my logic on it was the Tuscans are raiders. 
We've seen them many times just open up attack. So I thought they were attacking the train for supplies. I didn't realize they were mounting up to defend themselves. So that was actually mm-hmm. a little shocking to me. Um, but Boba Fett clearly is seeing like a major issue here, and which leads him off to, uh, you know, ask the chief for permission to, you know, go do something. He'll, he'll be back by sunrise. Yeah, definitely some retribution. Um, also, I thought that was it's just another layer of Boba Fett. Like he's not, he's not at a hundred percent. And honestly, at this point he could have just left. Like, so he goes, he goes into town. Um, I don't think they actually say what it is. Uh, okay. So there's there's some theories floating around on what, where the actual place was. If I've read correctly, this is a callback to just leading scenes from a new hope. And Mm -hmm. these two characters that, uh, we see, they're pretty, um, unhappy by this this group of raiders were actually supposed to be childhood friends of Luke's that were cut from the uh the final version of the film yeah there's like there's like a a deleted scene with uh cammy and fixer mm-hmm. and cammy is like luke's childhood crush um which is actually referenced in the the last jedi novel like luke's having this flashback uh, or not a flashback but like a like a what if he would have just stayed on Tatooine. He ends up marrying Cammy and having kids and, and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of speculation for Eagle eyed fans. I personally, like I had read that. I didn't really know that. Yeah. Um, I, um, I read you, obviously I watch everything with subtitles. So it says Cammy and I was like, Oh, okay. That's, that's the character from the original film, which the resemblance is pretty uncanny also from an actor from the 1970s. So funny enough, you know, uh, it came up a couple weeks ago when me and you were messaging each other. I didn't realize that um, John Wayne's voice had been used for a bounty or yeah, bounty hunter character in the original new hope. Um, So it's fun for me, even being, you know, close to a 28 year fan of star Wars to be finding out new things. I didn't know this was a deleted scene from a new hope. Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool little pullback, and that's a that has Filoni written all over it. Yes. So uh, Boba Fett strolls up into this bar, which maybe is Tashi Station, maybe just a random bar in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Um, he strolls up in his pajamas, and he just whoops this biker gang's ass, like six or seven of them. Yeah, and uh, walks in just molly whops a whole bunch of people has himself a drink and walks out without yeah. saying a word yeah is- what do you think of of the like star wars biker gang like this isn't like an emphasis solo biker gang this is like they have leather jackets biker gang you know what i mean it's silly but it's it doesn't take me out of context it, it makes perfect sense you know 100 yeah um and so I, I love the fact that, you know, I'd kind of already alluded that I hope that uh, Cobb Vanth had taken care of these guys. No need. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett takes yep. care of them in episode two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he rounds up their speeders, brings them back to the Tuscans. We get these really cool, funny scenes, which it's, again, the lightheartedness, the silliness is like, you got to remember the, what Uncle George always says, Star Wars is for kids, mm-hmm. right? First and, and foremost. You know, across this episode, it is dramatic, it's action-packed, and it's funny. And none of yeah. it feels out of place. Um, yeah. Yeah. Boba it's has bl- comedic lines, 
and at no point in time does it make me removed from the show. Yep. It, it is so well done. So he teaches the, the Tuscans how to ride speeders. Um, mm-hmm. He even shows them, like, this isn't how fast the train goes. Do you want to see how fast the train goes? You know, he hauls ass with the chieftain on the back. Yeah. Um, and then they begin the assault on the uh, on the train. Okay. Now, before we jump into that, one thing I thought was really cool is that another little layer of Boba Fett is for the the child of the chieftain. Mm-hmm. He makes the child he gives the child a job that's important that keeps him out of harm way, but like it's all about finding their place in the tribe. And I thought that was very a very small, subtle, but important thing. I hadn't even thought about that, but you are 100% correct in the, uh, just building more onto the character. So, yes, mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about it, but this is a tribe. Everything that they do, especially as they've been losing numbers with these attacks, makes so much sense. So, yeah, you hadn't, if you hadn't pointed out what you've even thought about, but it's so important. Um. But yeah, we get the assault on the train. They're, you know, dropping Tuscans, dropping what we find out later is the Pikes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really cool scene with the Tuscan warrior jumps on the train, is running through the train, whooping ass, popping the head out of the, you know, Scooby-Doo style, popping yep. up here, pulling someone down. Um, the name escapes me, but the cinematographer for this is uh and also i think he was on the mandalorian but he was also the cinematographer on back to the future three oh and there's a train heist there too so it's like he nails it like he knows how to do a train heist yes yes and um this is just so awesome i love the droid is the you know the captain of the Mm -hmm. train is sitting there having issues and just going back and forth trying to get all this done by the time that Boba Fett gets up there and it just darts out yeah, and just, just leads fails. to a massive crash. Um, I'm surprised with how many of the uh, Pike were left. I, I love the fact that this is the second time we're getting to see Pikes in live action because they played mm-hmm. big parts in the Clone Wars, especially with the arc of uh, Darth Maul, bec- you know, moving into becoming a crime lord. This is the first time we've seen Pikes unmasked, isn't it? Unmasked, yes. Uh, yeah. The only other live action is in the solo, solo. movie when they go to Kessel. Yeah. Um, that's the only time. Uh, so, yeah, they, they take down the train. They have everyone hostage, for lack of a better term. Um, it, one thing I found hilarious here is, like, I don't know about you, Heath. I can only speak for myself. I've been in a position like this before <laughs> and it's like uh he's like tell me are you bringing spice you know boba fett is familiar with go- what goes on in tattooing and, the, and yeah. the main pike is like spice what is spice you know <laughs> what does yeah. it look like <laughs> it's like I, I only someone who's been in that situation knows you know what i mean yeah and of course you know the crate dr- falls open busts open yeah there's a big cloud of it's like like that <laughs> Yeah, exactly like that. Um, and and this is kind of where we get the first inklings of Boba Fett, like setting the rules of the criminal underworld, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he's saying, like we're gonna spare your lives. That way, you can go back and tell the Pikes, you know, or whatever. He says you could tell your leaders that we're civil. Um, 
but you don't you don't get to do this for free anymore like yes this is the tuscans land they have ancestral claim they will be getting paid somehow some way mm -hmm. and it also shows the mercy of boba because they're like mm -hmm. we this we won't be back until nightfall you know we'll die and yeah. he's like we're gonna give each of you a melon that's enough water get to a stepping and then yeah. as the, you know they're getting to walk obviously you know the tuscans knock that cap off that water train and yeah. they're like pretty much loving bathing it. in this fresh water loving it um yeah 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 just i think it shows his mercy for you know it, it really does because he's, he's not there to just wipe people out he doesn't get anything by wiping everyone out mm -hmm. um oh. really good, good stuff here yeah and we see later that night um they're uh lowering the the tent down in the chieftain's uh major tent they've got fire going and mm -hmm. um we realize that they are gifting Boba Fett something. And when he opens up the uh, little container, we're like, a lizard. And I think everybody has the same natural reaction of Boba Fett. It's like, okay, it's a lizard. Cool. And this must be some. And, let me just real quick. Oh, uh, Tamora Morrison really sells it. Like, yeah. he's, he's grateful for it, but he does not understand why they're giving him a lizard. <laughs> yes. And. Obviously, um, I don't think this is just straight spice. This has got to be some sort of condensed um, mm -hmm. thing that the Tuscans are aware of, but hits him in the face. The lizard jumps up. We see it go up his nose. And again, yeah. with the comedy, he's like, I think I ate the lizard. My bad. I think I swallowed it. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, it totally sells it. Totally sells it. It's hilarious, um, but it's done perfect. It is. Um, um, and then we get a Star Wars vision quest. Dude. Um, yeah. Through this small thing, we find out that Tatooine used to be a lush water planet, which is an ocean. Yeah. yeah. It, this is something that we've never really explored in Star Wars lore. Uh, we've jokingly said that or Tatooine is just overly used, uh, it, but so much stuff happens here. And to find out that this is a part of this plant's history and I've never known that is so cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely adding to the Tatooine history a lot more. Um, maybe gives a little uh, a little weight to like why you can find these melons right mm -hmm. in the middle of the in the middle of the sand. Yes. Um, but yeah, dude, loved that um, and the vision quest, a la Val Kilmer and the Doors movie. Yes, you start seeing. I, I always think of two things when I see vision quest stuff. Um, actually three one is uh the val kilmer the doors movie right one. the second one is beavis and butthead do america when they eat the peyote yes <laughs> and the third one is the episode of king of the hill the vision quest episode <laughs> yes where dale starts going crazy yeah oh absolutely yeah i just i always think of those three things like no matter what mm -hmm. um which kind of sidelined me there <laughs> Well, it also, I think, goes back to your appreciation of Mike Judd's work. Name yeah. Two of the, your three. Oh, yeah, I guess I didn't really mind. think that. I didn't really think about that. Um, but yeah, just it, it, you get this. He sees Tatooine as a as a sea. He's, you know, you're getting flashbacks of the Sarlacc, you know, in and out of the armor, which I thought that was really cool. Some Camino flashbacks, which they're making it had a point to bring back Camino early and often. Do you see us going back to Camino? 
know, but I think the Camino references are really leaning into your speculation of that's kind of where I was find going a cloner. Yeah, that, I, that's kind of where I was going with it. Um, he gets to this tree. Uh, he still obviously has some PTSD with Jawas. Yes. Right. You see a, a lot of eyes All in the, the tree, eyes. which at first I didn't. I was like, okay that's weird like i wasn't really expecting jawas until you see the end credit scenes where they do the concept art and mm -hmm. it actually shows like hundreds of jawas behind the tree um Which, that's I, I i like it because he's he's not an idiot if somebody's stealing the armor off of his you know he he's probably realizes it was jawas right then even if it's only subconsciously and that's yeah. why and, it's being revealed to him in this vision um and maybe puts him on his path to find his armor a little bit too yes um very much so so he brings back a piece of wood um you had asked me a question last week like is the sign language is there any realism to the sign language here in this episode although very primitive yes there's it's more rooted in in uh well i only know american sign language you know english sign language which it different you know uh throughout the world but yes there, there's some realism to it for sure okay. um brings back the wood now this is where like the last 10 minutes or so it's like again totally silent very of boba fett's character and pretty beautiful from start to finish we see him get his robes the way he puts his armor on right it's very symbolic in the same way this is yes. his armor right yes. now and um good it feels so um respectable like yeah we've you know i've even seen a couple memes pop up of uh anakin's mother kind of looking from the clouds like now we i've love seen that people. too um, yeah but which I, is something that they address um actually before the vision quest the chieftain is like he's like there's lots of tribes of tuscans exactly a lot of them kill to survive we've always hidden like that's mm -hmm. we don't kill that's not the way we operate yes um just Which, distinguishing the two different at least at this point two different types of tuscans well and people that aren't familiar with american history um obviously there's a lot of calls to samurais but there's also mm -hmm. a lot of calls to cowboys um in the wild west of the and there are tons and tons and tons of different native tribes to the americas mm -hmm. um so that's just in all reality just very easy to understand that this there would be different tribe ideas why wouldn't there be the tuscans aren't just a one people kind of thing exactly yeah um, they are they are right yeah um but after he is dressed in his new robes he walks out and we see what we're going to do with this giant piece of wood which i think anybody that you know saw this and kind of had the natural understanding of how the story was going to progress this is his daffy or gaffy stick yeah and um i like how they just like when they bring it to the i don't know what would you call him the armor blacksmith right blacksmith right uh, woodworker I mean, yeah um i like how they just go hey here's some craftsman woodworking tools like we're not even going to try and make them look like star wars woodworking tools they're yeah. just like you could go buy them at home depot <laughs> yes I, I just love that yeah well we got like the futuristic you know stuff with the armor in uh, episode two of the mandalorian yeah no episode three my bad 
Um, but this this is beautiful. This would explain, you know, why he's efficient with it. He not only has he been trained, but now he's actually handcrafted his own. Right, uh, which is him, a rite of passage of sorts, obviously. Yeah. And we see him, you know, forging the metal uh, in the end in the fire. Mm -hmm. We see him actually with the woodworking tools, putting his design into the uh, part that we know is also used to uh, brush teeth of the Bantas. Mm -hmm. So this is short and sweet, but beautiful all at the same time. I love this. Yeah, and then just the very end scene of them sitting around the fire and slowly going through these movements, it almost, man, I might be speaking out of turn, right? Like, I don't really know, but it's almost... Um, it's almost like Maori, like right, like a haka. Like mm -hmm. they're all kind of doing this coordinated dance, and the expressions on Tamara Morrison's face are very, very authentic to to like a Maori haka. Yeah, you know, I wasn't thinking that at all. Um, I've never done karate, but I have a couple of cousins that are black belts, and this was reminding me of them on their belt system having to do uh, what's the word of it, where you actually perform a move. Or, or I'm not really sure, like a flow almost. Yes, I, I don't. Yeah. Know, I know there's a term for it, but I almost felt like that. But Someone's screaming at their speaker right now, t telling us the term. Yes, <laughs> and um, you ordering toys on Instagram. Hit that direct message. Yeah. Let me know <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, as soon as you said Mallory and bring up his, you know, his history and his actual real life experiences, totally see it. Yeah, and I, and I don't know I don't know if it's authentic or not, but it feels authentic and it feels like a, a very strong nod to the actor, um, mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool. Yes. Um, but that's where we end. Get some beautiful concept art. I think yeah. the concept art for this week was better than last week. Um, I'm putting it up there with, um, I'm going to say, the season or season one, episode three. Yeah, uh, concept art of the Mandalorian. That's actually probably my favorite from the whole series so far. Um, I love the concept art. Um, Same here. I love the credit series just because it's based off those colorings. Um, so this is super cool. And I, I we end off on a great note. And now I'm just episode three. Let's go. Chapter three. Yeah. Do you think we're going to get credit collection figures from this? From this? I mean, you'd almost have to, right? Yeah, I mean, it's so easy for them to do. Uh, they're just, yeah. they are simplistic repaints. Um, and we give them up. Yeah. <laughs> I got a couple here already. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, yeah, I'm with you. I love the concept art, man. It's one of my favorite things about about these TV series. Um, you go up and you down and you hit and you're just able to look and it's like, this is beautiful. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's a great point on on the show exactly and that leaves us to to wait till next week till episode three comes out but i mean what's your what's your overall like um, how do you grade this like it, it's great right that's like the only thing i can say about it i need more thumbs up to do it properly yeah. i mean if we're going off a of star rating it's five shit it's six out of five stars for yeah. me this this is an amazing episode i've seen one person say that they didn't enjoy it and i'm like what do you want from star wars bro i, I yeah like, this is great those so, are probably the same people that want Luke Skywalker pulling a, a Star Destroyer out of the sky with the Force, right? Yeah, I mean... Boba Fett's not supposed to get beat up. <laughs> right. And, and we've talked about this regularly, or often. Bringing Boba Fett 
down, not necessarily knocking him down a peg, but bringing him down to earth. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just, I like that. I like him being humbled a little bit. Yeah. And he's not just a, I can kick everyone's ass in every single room I'm ever in. They they gave a lot of that Dark Horse Comics DNA to Din Djarin, really mm-hmm. and truly. Yeah. So far, this story has been great. I cannot mm-hmm. wait. Um, I, I'm enjoying it. So, I I hope in this next episode we get more present day stuff. Like I think we've gotten as far as we need to with the with the Tuscan Raiders. Now, that's not to say I think that story can liter- can go two ways. It can go the this is a bummer or this mm-hmm. is really cool, right? Like I they can all get wiped out or they can be there to to have his back when it's all said and done, which I think it, we're going towards that. That's my feeling. I feel like there's going to be something that happens in the present day. He's going to have to retreat, find his tribe, and be like, I need you. I need yeah. you right now. And maybe and uniting all the Tusken Raider tribes, kind of having an army, essentially. Yeah. Um, I feel like there might be some weird uh, backlash on that one. You know, look at this man saving the tribal people. But, yeah. you know... I could see it be really being a, like a good chance, especially like if you'd like to see like a little battle between those uh, Winds of the Night assassins mm-hmm. um, versus the Tuscan Warrior. See how she holds up against a couple of them. I would really enjoy seeing that. Can't um, wait. But yeah, it's going to be awesome. So, uh, Jay, something that's been on my mind since Wednesday evening, and I wanted to ask you about this, but you think uh, early spring you want to find a place – Maybe we go out to the desert, do some peyote, and try to find some sticks. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I would love to find some sticks and do peyote. Uh, Big Bend is a nice, you know, nice in the winter. <laughs> we can go do that. Like I said, just the concept is silly, but it works so well. And I love when he comes back and, you know, he's like, I, I thought I imagined that, you know, when the lizard actually comes out of his face. So great, great greatness here. It really is. But that's all we have for this episode. Um, we loved it. We hope you guys loved it. Thanks for being here to listen to us gush about it. Um, Keith, where can we find you in the meantime Till next week? Uh, when you're listening to this, I hope you've already stopped. Like I said, blown up my Instagram yelling at what the terms I don't know is, but ordering toys. Uh, yeah. How about yourself, Mr. Jade? Man, you know, every week at the Geek Out show, obviously here at the Canyon Cantina, make sure you're listening to all our other shows. I know it, it's early in the new year, but they will be coming out. Um, hit up our Tee Public, you know, get some Canyon Cantina merch. Uh, I'm looking into getting hats done. That's the next thing I want. I want to get oh, some okay. hats done. So oh. uh, be on, on the lookout for those. Here's something, I, you know, for all of our listeners. This is something I'm going to toss out there. If... Uh, from now, which is January 7th through the end of February, any five-star review that gets posted up that the actual review on iTunes makes me laugh, will announce a winner. I'm going to send you a free Canon Cantina shirt. Sweet. Hell yeah, man. Get on. Uh, uh, now Spotify does reviews too. So get on Spotify, get on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Tell us your best dad joke. Tell us your favorite thing about Star Wars. Make us laugh. We love it. We're here for it. Um, and you know, you can always find me at J Toys on Instagram. So uh, 
I think in the new year, one of the things I'm going to stop doing is trying to say something clever at the end here and just <laughs> tell you guys to have a, a great week and we'll see you next week. I've got the money. You will never find more wretched hide, scum, and villainy.